You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back. And I got a good one for you guys today. We're going to change it up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'm very active on Clubhouse. If you guys aren't familiar with Clubhouse, it is a social audio app. Uh, I was spending 60 hours a week on that app uh, earlier in 2021. Uh, I joined it over a year ago. Uh, I have a, you know amazing club. I have one of the largest uh, clubs over there called the Misfit Mafia. Um, and I've been very, I was very active on there and now I'm not on there, um, as much as far as a daily perspective. Um, but I do do some, you know, I, I do some, I said do do, uh, I do some segments, um, on, on a kind of weekly or biweekly uh, basis. And, you know, this, this episode, uh, I'm going to actually give you guys a clip. It's a, it's a, about a 20 minute clip, um, from the room is called breakfast with champions. It's uh, hosted by Glenn Lundy, uh, and Sarah McCord. And I do a segment there every other Wednesday morning uh, at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And on this one, I was really just talking about the, the digital evolution of uh, metaverse and NFTs. And so when we kick it off, when you guys jump into the episode, you're going to hear, you know, Glenn and I are having a little bit of a conversation to start things off on, you know, he's talking about, you know, the impact of the metaverse and the things that he's excited about. He asked me a couple of questions. Uh, and then I jump into like a 20 minute kind of like, uh, you know, focused and I, and I really will say it's going to be, it's, I think it's going to open a lot of people's eyes to where I think all of this is going and how impactful I think the future of NFTs and Web3.0 you know, will become. And I will tell you, part of my goal from this episode when I was thinking about you know, doing this segment um, on that uh, clubhouse was actually just to hopefully not force people to change, but hopefully open people's minds to go beyond the narrative that maybe the, the media is putting out there or what their friends are saying. And I kind of cover a lot uh, in this, the, this 20 minutes or so that you guys are going to listen to. But I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. Um, and, and hopefully you guys, uh, you know, this is just a different way for me to kind of bring um, some content and different format. Uh, and, I, and I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, you know, as always, you know, send me some feedback. Let me know on Twitter or uh, you know, on wherever you're listening uh, what your thoughts were on this type of episode. I can include more of these in the future. Uh, and also I plan on recording, you know, there's a, I, I do about, you know, every other week I do about three interviews on other people's podcasts. And so I will include some of those in there as well. I think that I, when other people are asking me questions on the, the show on these podcasts, I often laugh and I'm like, you know what? That's a great, like that little answer was what I need to say on the podcast. And so I'm going to include that in some of the future episodes. Uh, so that being said, uh, you guys are going to jump right in uh, as Glenn Lundy is, uh, you know, introducing me. And if you guys are on Clubhouse, check out Breakfast with Champions. Uh, they do a room every single morning. I believe it starts at 5 a.m. until 10 a.m., uh, seven days a week. So over there on Clubhouse, it's an amazing uh, community. I, I believe they have 40, 50,000 uh, you know, f- members in that community. It's actually an event I went to up in New York with uh, uh, the founders, got to meet Glenn and so many of my friends from uh, Clubhouse there in person, which 
really, there's no better feeling. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you know the Glenn and Fanzo dialogue. Cheers. Fanzo, what's up in the NFT world, bro? Oh, you know, another day, uh, another another NFT drop, another uh, changing world of NFTs. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a little wild ride, but uh, yeah, good stuff. No doubt, man. No doubt. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I got a uh, an Oculus recently. Nice. I wanted to make sure I have a somewhat of an understanding of the the metaverse and the way things are training and whatnot. And uh, golly, man, it is uh, rapidly evolving space. There is a lot to learn, and I am so appreciative that you're leading the charge so that you can uh, help educate us on the future. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Glenn. And that's exciting. I, I tell you what, the, uh, you know, I think each new piece of technology, in my opinion, kind of opens up new windows of opportunity for innovation, for creativity. So excited to see what you do with it. I, I'm excited to see how you can lean into that and uh, with this amazing community. Yeah, thanks, man. I was talking to, uh, there's a company, Edge of NFT. I was talking with them the other day. Uh, and they were educating me on, you know, a lot of the utility pieces that people are starting to tie into these things and how important that utility is going to be moving forward and having discussions on how we can, you know, really take this opportunity to help serve uh, our community in such a powerful way so that they can set up, you know, potentially, you know, generational impacting um, not just wealth, but experiences, right, through the technology that we now have today. And so it was just a fascinating conversation that I never would have imagined a month ago that I'd be having. And uh, here I was right right in the middle of it. So it's really exciting things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think that's, that's part of the beauty right now is that, uh, you know, the innovation, I believe, with Web3 as a whole, right, this is such an interesting uh, space that we can really – uh, redesign, reimagine the way that uh, companies are built, the way that communities are empowered, and in many ways, even reimagine how we connect, you know, human to human, uh, thanks to technology right now. So yeah, some some exciting stuff, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to uh, the day, Fanzo, when we all have our, uh, you know, we have our, our little virtual breakfast table built, and we're all sitting face to face and high-fiving and actually eating breakfast with people all around the world virtually uh i I look forward to that day i know we're gonna build it i know it's coming it is it is i tell you what uh, a project that i'm working with uh is hosting uh the largest new year's day party in the metaverse uh it's a project called beatheads uh one of the co-founders is a musician many of us know uh named aloe black uh, and he's hosting a, a party on January 1st uh, in the metaverse uh, with, a, you know, across like five or six other NFT projects. And they're all bringing those worlds together. So I was in the metaverse this weekend, uh, uh, you know, hanging out and testing out some things. And, and I'll tell you what, my daughters looked over and said, oh, daddy, I didn't know you were learning how to play Roblox. Like, I didn't know that was something that you did in, in your world. It's nice that you're doing what, what us kids do. And it was like in that moment that I was like, wait, what, how, how would you guys use this? So it's, uh, I, I like to think that we are innovating, but I think our kids probably even know more, more of what's possible in this space, especially your kids. I mean, you have a whole army of them. That we're, they're going to have a whole lot of innovation over there. <laughs> well, they're just so there's no limits with them, right? They haven't been tarnished yet. Uh, they, 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 
they dream as big as you can possibly dream. They imagine as as far as you can possibly imagine. And so they definitely will lead the charge in this new uh, era where age doesn't matter. Geographical location doesn't matter. Um, you know, none of those things, nothing, nothing, nothing matters. It's just how far can you stretch your imagination? And then uh, we now have the technology to build whatever people can dream. So I'm with you as far as the young and the imaginative and the unhindered are the ones that are definitely going to lead the charge for this. You know, I think that's part of this, you know, I love the, the title here with, you know, how resilient people rebuild no matter what, you know, I think, you know, resilience is something we were all kind of forced upon us, especially over the last, you know, two years that we're still kind of living through. Right. And I think this also requires us to, you know, stop and pause and, you know, ask ourselves, you know, what matters most to us. Right. I, you know, I've someone that's traveled, you know, 40 weeks a year since 2004, you know, my entire uh, adult life, my entire career has required 40 weeks of travel. And, you know, I'm a, a definitely a proud dad of three little girls. And, you know, the fact that, you know, yes, virtual, you know, training and, uh, you know, being able to do things like Clubhouse has always existed. I think we finally now are recognizing, you know, what are the things that we're, we're willing to give up? What are the things that we're, um, you know, desiring in a lot of these experiences? And then really, how do we kind of reimagine them? Because I, I would argue, the more, and this might kind of confuse people in a way, but, you know, the more that we step into the power of the metaverse and what's possible in this digital virtual world, I believe the richer our offline experiences will become. And I think that to me is one of the most exciting aspects of it is that, you know, it isn't about replacing human to human connection or human interaction. Rather, it's, you know, you know, reimagining what's possible when we have been giving up a lot of the human to human interactions that we've taken almost for granted or, you know, did not recognize as what is a priority. So this is definitely a space for me that, you know, I like to say my my life's mission is to help people hear the harmony between technology and humanity. And I believe our opportunity to do that is in this idea of reimagining what's possible. So I, I'm 100 percent with you. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think Clubhouse speaks to that, right? Clubhouse speaks to that. This the the way that we've been able to develop relationships here. You know, if you look at Joy's uh, PTR right now, right? You look at Joy's PTR. You see Scott. You see Brian. You see Joy. The relationship was built here in this space where they had never physically been in in proximity of one another. But then when they did get in proximity of one another, the energy was already it was already there. The, the, the bridge had already been built. So now that experience that they had together was just elevated. Right. It was 10x because they got to get to know each other in this space. So I think that speaks to exactly what you're saying, that this is not a movement that is that is uh, uh, going to pull people up or movement bring people together in such a stronger and, and more impactful way. I, I 100% align with that. Yes, sir. And I think that's, that, and I think that, that for everyone here, right? I think part of the, the change, right? Part of the scary part about the future is the unknown, right? And we often have two opportunity, two, two options when we're looking at the unknown. Are we, 
Are we afraid of the unknown because, of course, there is no blueprint. There is no just one way to do it. Or are we afraid of the unknown because we're we're afraid to admit that we need to change the way we've kind of lived or the way that we're operated over all these years? And, you know, I always like to say, you know, change and being open to change is not the result of bad decisions. It's just a result of all of the decisions we've had in life that allow us to, you know, approach an opportunity and kind of lean into you know what is possible and lean into these these things that are being presented to us today. And you know, I think it's very easy for someone to look at my profile photo and say, you know, Brian paid twelve hundred dollars for that JPEG photo. But really what I paid twelve hundred dollars for was for me to be a part of a community and a group that is focused on diversity and inclusion in the metaverse space. The idea that they are reinventing what is possible, giving identity to non-binary and making sure that we have a connection and equal equal opportunity to find our own profile photos and our own connection with others within the metaverse, within the digital space. And a lot of that is being done by something that is from the front door, it might look like a JPEG with you know bright yellow backgrounds and you know different uh, photos. These, these this is an X Punk, which is an expansion punk project that I'm a part of, um, and I say a part of. I, I'm just an owner of of a couple of the of the NFTs. But for me, the the conversations that it's opened up within the Discord channels and the the way that the company that that founded this actually decided not to take a revenue cut off of uh, of secondary sales and rather put all of that money into a DAO, a, a decentralized uh, organization that allows all of those that hold the NFT to decide how the money is spent to empower diversity and inclusion around the world and invest in projects and in companies and in different solutions that are really you know taking that to another level, all based on simply 10,000 uh, you know, NFTs that were released, you know, over the last four months and so and like, the idea that you're know, being able to buy into something being able to invest in something, and hold ultimately, you know, equity stake, without having to be, you know, a millionaire without having to be someone that is, uh, you know, in, you know, the space to be maybe, you know, have a series A funding, or have a, you know, a startup that others are, you know, kind of backing, you know, I really do look at, you know, you know, for those that don't, you know, I, I'm hosting a, a daily podcast on NFTs. And the reason I did a daily podcast on NFTs uh, is because this space is changing and evolving so frequently that for me doing a weekly podcast almost seemed like I would have to have a four hour episode. And I love the talk, but four hours of me on a podcast would be a little bit too much. So uh, part of that is that you know today's day 41. And I, I also decided to buy an NFT every single day for a year. So uh, this is the four, I'm buying the 41st straight day where I'm buying an NFT every single day. And uh, I will tell you one of the other lessons that I've learned in this 41 days, there are a lot of beautiful, amazing, creative people that none of us know about, that none of us are aware of the impact that they're making on the people around them, their, their ability and dedication to making the world a better place. And I will say I, I did my podcast episode that comes out today, you know, I focus a lot on on social good and the fact that I believe through these NFT purchases that I've made, I'm actually making more of a positive impact on the world through social good than I have in the last 20 years combined. And part of it because, 
you know, I, I've been on the board for No Kid Hungry, which is a, a charity trying to end childhood hunger here in the United States. And it's a beautiful, amazing cause, but we, you know, it's only here in the United States and it's only focused on, uh, not only, but it's focused, you know, primarily on childhood hunger. And, you know, I've, I've been invested in working with a company called Help a Race, which is focused on helping, uh, stop, uh, child trafficking. And, and for me, all of these opportunities were ones that, you know, were, were given to me based on my, my social media following or the influence that uh, you know I have um, through the content I create, and I think the beauty of the shift where we're moving in the in the future, not only with the metaverse, and I know for many it sounds foreign, but I can tell you I don't, I wasn't wearing a, a virtual reality headset. I I was simply on my computer with my you know my own avatar uh, with my I, I got a pink puffer jacket, which is what I wear in my uh, in the metaverse. But our opportunity to connect with people. And I will say for you know those that are listening right now and thinking about you know what does this future opportunity have for us, I'm gonna I, I want you to just think about the opportunity for serendipity. You know I think the opportunity for serendipity today, or really over the last ten years in social media in digital, has been very limited. We might feel as though we're able to find our tribe or our people or connect with people because we bought into a membership or. We use the right hashtags on Instagram or because, you know, someone included me into a club or a group um, on, you know, even on here on, on Clubhouse. But true serendipity, true ability to find our people, I believe, has been very hard, very limited in many of the social platforms, many of the digital world that we've lived in. And I would argue Clubhouse is one of the ones that was kind of the exception to that role. And I, I'm very blessed that, you know, for me, you know, I don't know, Glenn, I don't know if I would have uh, came or we, we, we would have we would have crossed paths it somehow, but uh, I don't know when we would have crossed paths or how that would have happened. And a little, you know, app that is really just a phone call with a bunch of circles that has our photo on it, just for those that for those that mock uh, NFTs as being just uh, JPEGs, uh, we're really just using a conference line here for everyone that's that's doing this. And and the great Les Brown, I think he did, uh, I don't even know, like 13 years in a row uh, every Sunday with his uh, call-in show, or it might even be more years than that. And uh, he's he's been doing this kind of thing since uh, before you know many of us even knew uh, this opportunity existed. But for me, part of it is the idea where if we're if we're curious if we're open to what is possible the doors you know the opportunity on the other side of these doors and it could be an nft it could be uh, a creator coin you know I, I have the adhd creator coin uh over on rally and i will tell you that you know we're almost over to a, a, up to a thousand supporters of our creator coin and people have been asking me like where what does that fit in or how does that all work and you know, I've given away in the last three months uh, over nineteen thousand dollars of my coin uh, to my community, and I'm not saying that as a flex, more as it's an opportunity to me to for me to empower those that are supporting me, those that are you know coming along on this journey with me, and and the beauty of that is it's not only you know me giving away and rewarding and incentivizing you know engagement and interaction. But, you know, those that bought the coin, uh, if, you know, if you bought a coin on November 1st, which was not too long ago, you know, the coin that I have is the ADHD coin. And our ADHD coin at the time was worth, you know, $3.08. And today we're going to cross the $8 mark. And I will tell you just the idea that, you know, 
I'm able to build an economy that together we rise, together we are growing, together we are not not just investing and hoping for that dollar return, but ultimately by holding that coin, you have the opportunity to join you know, my Discord. You have the opportunity to participate and even suggest uh, episodes and projects that you're working on um, for my NFT podcast. You have the opportunity to win some of these giveaways and participate in some of these opportunities. And for me, what this really has all meant was that, you know, I've always believed in this idea of, you know, how, you know, we are greater than me. The idea that, that, you know, together we can make much greater of an impact than individually. But we also have to recognize that in many of those cases where we want to change the world or we want to stop childhood hunger or we want to make the world a more empathetic place, usually what stops us or what prevents us is the, the you know, the how grandiose the, the, that, that feels, right? How big that problem feels to solve. But the, the interesting part about this is that if we focus first on ourselves, we focus first on, you know, how can we become our own best self? How can we you know, be more self-aware, you know, invest in more self-love, uh, recognize that mental health is, is just as important, if not more important, uh, than our physical health? And that prioritizing ourself and making ourselves, you know, taking care of ourselves is actually not selfish. It is actually the thing that will allow us to be part of that greater we and make that greater impact. You know, I do look at a lot of the things around us in this whole in this entire space and say, how do we find that, that greater we together, right? How do we move forward? And I look at things, you know, where we're moving now with, you know, things like, you know, the creator coins, things like cryptocurrency, um, really giving us self-sovereignty um, in ways that we've never had before. And, you know, self-sovereignty in the way that, you know, we get to control, manage and decide, you know, how our financial future, our financial um, world is really um, designed, right? Unlike, you know, the traditional ways of the past, you know, where, you know, when you put your money in the bank, of course, we know that the bank is not just holding that money and, and saying, you know, thank you. They're, they're ultimately, you know, they're loaning that money out. And that, you know, if any one of us or if all of us together decided to go to our bank and ask for our money back, no bank would be able to provide us all of our, our money. And I think part of that is this idea in, in crypto, especially is, you know, how do we remove a lot of these limitations and how do we give the ownership, the the power, and ultimately the control back to us as individuals. But I will also say as individuals, we have to be resilient. We have to be understanding that if we take ownership and control of anything, the scariest part of all of that is the only person we have to blame is ourselves. And that's a scary alternative for many of us when we think about all the, the opportunities and things that are presented to us in life, in many cases, we almost relish in the ability to blame others for what we were not given or the things that we did not, you know, have in at our, uh, you know, at our disposal. And and I will say, I think the other uh, aspect of this that could be really exciting and and really push us forward in you know this entire space is this idea of you know how do we bring this all together in a way that yes it has some regulation and and yes there is some controls but you know i would argue that we are going to you know every single thing in our in our world 5 years from now will have you know a digital component a you could call it an nft twin 
where we will be able to track and manage that online. We will be able to see the the history. We will be able to see the chain of custody of you know most of our you know most important assets that are in our lives today. And the beauty of that is it's taking a lot of the the human trust factor off the table because let's face it, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, trusting that, you know, when you buy a, buy a car or, you know, let's say you're buying a used car. And I remember, you know, my dad always telling me like, you need to get the oil change from the same place every single time. You need to keep the receipts in your glove box because when you sell the car, you're going to need to have this entire, you know, exact example of, you know, all of the maintenance that you did, why you cared about the car and why the car is, is worth, you know, the money that you're trying to get for it. And, you know, as someone that has ADHD that, you know, is diagnosed, you know, nine years ago, at the time I didn't recognize it. But, you know, for me, you know, consistency is tough. And I, and I know I said I'm doing a daily podcast. So trust me, that's pushing myself outside of my, my comfort zone. But, you know, not only consistency, but, you know, repetition and process. Those are things that I've often struggled with. And I was not great at keeping my car history. I was not great at going to the exact same place to get an oil change or making sure that it was, you know, every, you know, 3,000 miles. I was like, ah, 4,100 miles is all right. Like, it's a Jeep Wrangler. I mean, Jeeps are, they're, 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 they're sustainable. We're, we're good. But, you know, if we look at it, you know, where we've moved, you know, a lot of it comes into this idea of data sharing, data collection, and even, you know, where ultimately we can move, you know, some of these different aspects of our, you know, the things that we've had to in the past almost just bet on a stranger or, you know, just kind of rely on something that was not really trackable or manageable. And imagine if, you know, because a car is is logged on the blockchain through an NFT, that not only would we be able to track all of that history, but even this is something that I think is even more interesting. You know, Glenn, you mentioned the smart contract aspect. You ma- imagine if every you know car dealership or car owner or even original car maker knew that every time there was a car sale, no matter the life of the car, that they were going to get a ten percent royalty directly back to them every single time, and it could not be prevented, it could not be stopped. It's it's logged into a contract. Imagine how much more care and attention that company, that brand, that dealer would put into making sure that that car was, you know, at, at its highest possible cap- capability because you would want that resale value to be at its highest for the longest amount of time. Imagine how much that shifts the trust dynamic and the way that we think about ownership and not only ownership but you know how do we you know share in the in that journey in this you know kind of moving into a world where not only do we own something that you know that when we purchase it but that the original creator can be rewarded can be incentivized can be you know have that continual residual income and and really that's where nfts you know are a beautiful space for artists you know i look at you know where where this is moving is it's going to remove the starving from the starving artist. It's going to allow those that are creative to do what they do best and that's create. It's going to it's going to shift that dynamic to where we've been so focused on trying to solve, you know, hey, there's too many cars on the road or there's too many people or how do we fix, you know, traffic and, you know, and sustainability and there's a lot of things that we've kind of focused on the end result but we haven't thought about it from the standpoint of what if we were able transparently to track, manage, you know, and really, you know, add this layer of accountability across the digital, you know, 
internet across the world. And, and we've been creating an internet world that started with, you know, the, the dot com and the, the, the dot com boom, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands that extended into this emerging of, you know, platforms and e-commerce that created into social media networks that included, you know, filters and catfishing and faking it till you make it. And the concept that, you know, you don't have to, you know, have the product or service, you can just put it up on a website. And if someone buys it, well, then you can figure out how to make it work, right? The idea of, of faking it till you make it. And I look at the future, I look at Web3, I look at this emerging, you know, these merging technologies around cryptocurrency and NFTs and creator coins and the metaverse as a shift, as a shift back into this concept of, you know, together we will take ownership in the things that we can, you know, ultimately put our hands around, the things that we are ultimately responsible for. And we're going to change the narrative of, you know, who manages our data, who who keeps us secure online? And, and that's going to be us individually, right? And so a lot of this is going to require, you know, full education for everyone and, and, you know, each and every one of us. And I will say, you know, I would love for you guys to check out, you know, my podcast. It's over, uh, it's on every podcasting app now. Um, we just hit, uh, just crossed 60,000, uh, downloads and it's only day 40 today. And I'm, uh, I'm humbled and, and blown away by the uh, you know the growth and the acceptance of this podcast. Uh, most of the episodes are solo episodes. I am sprinkling in um, some interviews, but most of them are you know solo segments where I'm trying my best to translate the geek speak you know around a lot of this technology, around a lot of this change. And and part of it is because you know I do believe we kind of got we've been all knocked down in a way over these last you know two years. We've all been forced to be resilient and start looking at ways to rebuild. And I do believe that, you know, each of us individually have a story to tell. I believe each of us individually have an opportunity and and really have, you know, at our disposal, the opportunity to make a difference in the world. If we find our people, if we connect with those that, that, you know, are either, you know, believe in the same things we believe in or share in the purpose that we, that we also have, or even really just, you know, understand having the same passion for this common outcome that many of us, you know, do. And I will say, I'll kind of wrap on this side of it. And so we can hand it off. But, you know, when we, when we think about community, you know, the words thrown around a lot, and I don't think it's a buzzword. I don't think we as individuals can ever allow it to become a buzzword. Because community, I do believe, without hesitation, is the future of business. I believe no matter what business you're in, we're in the business of trust. And no matter what business you're in, the future will be built around community. And the question we have to start asking ourselves is, where does that community exist? How do we empower that community? And remember, there's a difference between community and network or community and audience. You know, community is a group of people that are coming together, not because of the people involved, rather because they have a shared purpose and a common passion for an outcome. And so when you think about that and think about the future and you look at those JPEGs that people are spending money on, or you look at the, the idea of the metaverse and we're, we're hanging out at, at a virtual breakfast table, the thing that we have to recognize is those things might be what we're seeing, but what are the feelings that we are actually getting by this technology enabling us to really find true community at its deepest big? So 
Thank you so much for uh, checking out. Oh, there's a podcast right up there on the link. Look at that. I appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, NFT365 is the podcast. Uh, feel free to jump in there, give it a listen. Like I said, it's a daily podcast. Uh, I talk fast, just like I do here. So if you're someone that's normally listening at one and a half speed, I recommend like 1.2 at max. I sound like Mickey Mouse a little bit at 1.5. But uh, with that being said, uh, Sarah or Glenn, I'll kick it back over to you. Know, it's not financial.